Hello and welcome to a new episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Today we discuss the bold statement, if your muscles don't ache, it wasn't transformation. The time of buzzwords is over and we talk on real challenges and learn to understand that it's worth to improve step by step and not to go for the world championship if you never attended a tournament before. My today's guest is Bernd Preuschow. He is Group CDO at UVEX, CEO at Protecting People, a passionate keynote speaker, book author and a very successful professional dancer. We talked on sustainable innovation, analogies of dancing sports and business and about the collaboration with talents and their expectation towards digital transformation. My name is Timo Deiner, working in the Cloud Transformation and Architecture Office at SAP, enjoying good coffee, and I'm excited to have Bernd as my guest today. Enjoy this episode. Bernd, I'm super happy that you are my guest today. So welcome to the SAP's Expert Podcast. And before we start, um, I would like to ask you that you introduce yourself. I also prepared some words about you, but I think it's it's also interesting to hear them from you. Good morning, Timo. First of all, thanks for having me. We both share a, some common stories from our professional past, and I'm so happy to be your guest today. Thanks for having me. Yes, so hello also to the audience out there. My name is Bernd Preuschow. I know that's difficult to spell for English tongues, <laughs> but uh, Bernd is absolutely okay. Uh, I'm currently the Chief Digital Officer at UVEX Group. Uh, you probably know UVEX Group uh, from uh, the Olympic Games, uh, for example. Maybe you've seen the athletes wearing our helmets, wearing our goggles. And um, this is what we are known for. And I'm also at UVEX Group, uh, the CEO uh, for one of the four subdivisions, uh, which is called the Protecting People uh, GmbH. And uh, we are leading the direct-to-consumer business for UVEX Group. Nice. And you are a book author and you are well known on various business platforms and as a keynote speaker. So this is what I added to my notes. And <laughs> But we, we, we will touch that later. So And we have lots of topics to talk about today. So um, we will see how long this episode will take. But I, I would like to start with the title of our episode. And this was your wish, um, Bernd. Um, You said, hey, if I could wish a title or if I could define a title, I would like to have, if your muscles don't ache, it wasn't transformation. And I love that title. But um, why did you chose that? Because the expectation from my point of view and from, from many customer meetings, yeah, transformation must be as smooth as possible in the organization. So you don't want to, to touch the people's life you don't want to change it and yeah you because you need the people that they transform with you and and now you come and say hey but if if it if it didn't ache it was not a real transformation can you explain that a little bit <laughs> well yes uh for sure um with that title uh i'm referring a bit also to my book and and to my uh past as a professional athlete And um, being in digital for 22 years now, um, I have often seen the parallels between preparing yourself for professional competition, but also preparing your company for 
a professional competition. <laughs> and uh, when we all saw this digital bubble coming up like five, six, seven years ago, um, I was a bit wondering, like, like you said, everybody told the customers that transformations should be smooth. And I think there was a misperception. As, a, as an athlete, what you want to achieve is to become, transform, you want transformation to become normal. Knowing that transformation will never be painless. And uh, we all for sure have our private activities. I'm sure everybody of your listeners is doing sports in some way. And we all know if your muscles don't ache after your practice, you've only done what you were already capable of before. And if you want to extend your level and, and improve your level of what you can deliver uh, in terms of being faster, being more powerful, having more strength, you need to practice. And, and this means that your body will uh, answer you in a sense of, wow, I don't know that. And, and uh, in, when we practice in my sport, we, we often have this saying, you know, uh, if, you, if, you, if you recognize that your body is answering you, oh, that hurts, uh, you, it, it doesn't tell you it's bad. It, it simply tells you, I don't know that. And it, it's, it's unknown to me. This is new to me. This is what your body is responding. Mm -hmm. and this is the point as an athlete where you have to show resilience, that you go through that. Of course, we don't talk about hurting in terms of really actually hurting your body. Um, I'm talking about the muscles that respond and say, oh, wow, that was tough work. <laughs> and uh, I think in the company, it's the same thing. And uh, acknowledging that, And, and taking it as a pro, saying, well, this will happen. There will be people in the company that say, oh, wow, that's new. I've never done that before. That aches. <laughs> uh, I'm not used to that. I haven't practiced that. That is normal. But, you know, as a sportsman, this is where you take fun out of. This is nothing bad. This hmm. is every time you see, okay, you've seen that reaction of your body. You can be sure that you've achieved a new level. And uh, yeah, that's, that's always my point when I get on stages, like you say, as a keynote speaker, uh, saying, well, come on, accept that. Uh, and, and many people know, I, I had one of my bosses always said, enjoy the pain. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and and uh, well, I think, yeah, we, of course, we're not talking about pain in, 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 in the physical point, but, um, you know, it's, it's like, As a sports guy, you know, if you're sweating, you're enjoying it. That's the reason why you're doing it. And it's, it's the same thing uh, in companies. And I think also, you know, telling people who are new to that kind of transformation, telling them that it will be easy, it will all be fun, it will be all enthusiasm. This is not honest because yeah. that's, not, that's not true. And, I, and, and I've learned with all the students that I taught uh, uh, my sport to, If I'm honest with them, saying, okay, there will be sessions where you will literally hate me <laughs> because I want you to improve and get to next level. And that will be blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> um, they, they can deal with it because they know yeah. what they're going into and they know it, it's going to happen. And it's not about me as the guy leading the transformation. 
It's about them going through the transformation. Yeah. And uh, if you're honest to the people, they appreciate it. And I, and then they also go through that process. The other way around, if you've told them everything's easy and they get to the first point where it hurts, this is where we've all seen companies and people react like, oh, well, that's nothing for us. Exactly. That, that, they, that, they will that, be frustrated that. then. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrated and they will give up and, and and then it's a it's a huge effort to get a second try. So I, I prefer as a coach rather to be honest up front and tell people what to expect and enjoy the transformation. Yeah. I love that. So it's yeah, it's it's the right setting of an expectation what, what will happen the next month then. And um coming to that, maybe when we stay in that sports thing, um, it would also make sense when you are a starter in a in a sports um, area that you don't um, train directly for the world championships. So you you should also start with uh, maybe a, a lower league and not just start with a Champions League or so, right? So this also applies for for business then as well. So don't do the biggest transformation project as your first project. Oh, what do you think? Uh, yes, and I think this is where we come to uh, what I call sustainable transformation. I mean, uh, we've all seen on our digital stages the best practice projects, uh, you know, and where company have done exactly one project and this was successful and everybody's seen it. And time after time, you're asking yourself, okay, what, what happened to that company? I haven't heard anything since then. And then you realize it was just that one project. And it was the keynote. Uh, it was a showcase project, more or less, sometimes, yeah? Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's totally okay if you get into a new discipline and you say, well, I want to be world champion one day. Uh, it's absolutely okay. And it's also okay if you're saying, okay, I'm doing this just for my private joy. I don't want to be world champion. Uh, and and whatever you define as your goal, uh, defines your practice. And uh, it's absolutely okay in certain areas to say, well, in fact, digitization is not that relevant. And then it's okay. And then you probably do it for your private joy. Mm -hmm. And in other spaces, you're probably aim for being world champion, but that's a journey. And it's a totally different thing. And we know that, again, from our private sports experience, it's a totally different thing on one particular day to increase your speed by uh, uh, five seconds per kilometer um, instead of increasing your speed permanently by two seconds per kilometer. And, and, and this is totally different kind of practice that is needed for it. And, and yeah. to permanently increase your speed, uh, it will be smaller steps than uh, compared to this one peak performance, but it will be sustainable. And it's the same thing with organizations. It's not about having this one peak performance. It's about increasing your performance step by step over a journey, aiming at becoming a champion months and years from now, but then staying at that level because you have in, uh, improved sustainably. Mm -hmm. But um, I fully agree to that and I understand that. But 
when we are also honest and when we are looking at the stakeholders um, from maybe a stakeholder from you or from a CDO, CIO, do they really accept these small steps? Do they really accept these two kilometers per hour um, Or do they expect something like, hey, now we need the Big Bang because we want to go on stage and we cannot come with come up with a a small sustainable digitization project or so. So how do you handle that? Well, first first of all, having a small improvement over time doesn't mean it's not visible. <laughs> um, and and of course, uh, uh, What you can do, and, and I call it, uh, when I start a transformation journey, my job is to start little fires uh, anywhere in the forest. Uh, and, and probably from one side of the forest, you don't see the, fi the fire on the other side. Mm -hmm. But the goal is that all these little fires come together and become a firestorm time after time. And you will always have little fires uh, going out uh, and vanish. Uh, but there will be other fires that become larger and larger. Yeah. And, and then, and then, then you and reach people, the big people fire. realize that there's light everywhere in the forest. Even mm -hmm. maybe they don't see there's a big fire. I like that analogy because we are also, of course, talking about budget. Um, how many companies can afford to have like five, six, seven, eight, ten peak performance projects at the same time. Usually, yeah. usually they don't because they, don't. they are beginning at the beginning of the journey. So if somebody if somebody asks me, okay, I want to have this five, six, seven, eight lighthouse projects, uh, I say, well, it's just a question of coins. So if you put in the coins, it, it's going to happen. And then usually you have that reaction, but we don't know where we are going, so we are not sure about how to spend the coins. Mm. And this is the point where I say, okay, what do you think about spending less coins in, in many uh, uh, different areas and, and thus lighting little fires in certain areas of the company and then see... Uh, 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 what the outcome will be. And this is also some kind of risk management, but at the same time serves for me to create the wave. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> By the way, I'm just remembering a situation. It's, I guess it's now many years um, where we met at a leadership meeting and I was attending as, as a P employee there um, in terms of a project, but you, you gave a really, really good keynote there for the leadership team there. And, um, You did something really great. So when you are talking on the fires and it's little fires here and there and you need money and um, digitization is sometimes from my point of view, it's um, across different areas in a company. And what you did there, and I kept that in mind. And to be honest, I stole that idea and put it into my keynotes as well, because I really liked it. And I, re li I liked that reaction of the people in, in, in the audience, because you were pitching the idea, the transformation project, like it was a little startup and so on. And you were asking the people, I don't know if you remember that session, but um, You ask the people, hey, do you like that? Do you agree to that? And they could vote in, uh, during the session. And after some questions, you, you ask them, hey, are you willing to give some of your money from your cost center into that idea? And then you raise money in, uh, in that. And you get on a very 
interesting level, you get the buy-in from the people because you get their money and then they agree to your idea and they are also willing to invest. And I really like that that idea. So it, it was awesome. yeah. And I put it into my keynotes because that's really, really cool um, to, to pitch an idea like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, of course, I remember that. Uh, it, uh, I, I think we did some some crazy stuff at that leadership meeting with the people. Um, yeah, and 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 uh, I, I of course remember the story. And uh, it was not pitching the whole transformation stuff. It was pitching one particular project, and yeah. the one particular project was a huge change for that company I was working for at that time because it was a company which was born and raised in B2B. And what we pitched was the first B2C idea. And, and, and uh, I was thinking together with my team about how can we sell this? Because this is a huge step. This is huge uncertainty. And, and, and we came exactly to that little fire idea. Uh, if I ask the people, are you willing to uh, invest a million? Uh, it will be huge hurdle, huge. Um, at the same time, if I ask them, okay, would you be willing to spend like 2,000 euros from your cost center? Well, that's okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, the like my father, that uh, many little things become one huge thing. <laughs> and uh, so we collected this money. And by the way, uh, if we are doing B2C, it means creating a whole new value chain. So by asking everybody with a cost center from across the company, uh, we created the buy-in that everybody uh, said, okay, yes, yes, we can do that. And, and also they were well aware of the fact that they not only give me money, but we would also ask them for this for support mm -hmm. to, to, to make this idea big. And uh, yes, I think it worked well. And, and also it helped to, to reduce you know, that, that uncertainty uh, that most people feel if they uh, start a new endeavor and, and taking a little step. Uh, it doesn't matter if your first step is big or small. It matters that you made the first step. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's the way we handle it. And I think it was quite a successful project. I think so, because when when you left the company, so they got some prizes and awards. And this is what I call sustainable innovation as well, because even when you left the company and when someone who has visions and so on is leaving a company and they still perform, I think this is also something like sustainable innovation or sustainable digitization because it's not about the big projects about the big banks about the one one hit wonders and so on because yeah then it was sustainable because they 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 kept the route and they they went on the digital transformation path and um yeah the awards were well deserved from my point of view yeah even when you left the company <laughs> thank you but you know that that's an attitude that i learned as a coach you know, um, as you know, I'm, I'm, I've spent three decades in competition dancing. And, and that was one of the most important lessons, you know. It never matters about me as a coach. It matters about my couple mm -hmm. uh, winning the championships. And, uh, um, and that's the same attitude that I, that I have when I get into a company. Uh, it's not about me. It's, it's about making this company uh, successful. And, and, and coaching them into the position of being uh, a relevant contender <laughs> uh, among the, the first three. 
and um, and this means they have to stay a contender uh, even when I leave, uh, because otherwise, you know, what have I actually taught them? Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I was really proud that my team also uh, uh, turned out to be successful contenders when I left. Uh, and and uh, so I, I see this as, as a great success. Uh, sometimes you get the feedback from the organization that you put yourself a little bit outside of the organization because you see yourself as a coach. Uh, some, some people struggle with that because they want to see you being in the midst uh, uh, of everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, I do that as well. But I, I always claim to say, okay, if I don't get at least virtually outside and, and look at us from outside, how, how can I be able to see everything that needs to be practiced if I'm, if I'm just staying inside? And uh, yeah, so th this helps me also to, to, to create these performances that people remember. And uh, as dancers, that's what we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think it's, it's always a good comparison between the dancing and the business area. And, um, I think it's also a good good time now to to talk about your book you published. I guess it was 2020, right? It was not last year, so we have now 2022. It was 2020 when you published your book, mm -hmm. and um, in German it, it has the name "Als gäbe es keine Schwerkraft." So for the English uh, English speaking uh, people here, it's defying gravity: business leadership through the eyes of a dancer. And could you give a short summary or brief summary on? What's the book all about? Is it exactly that? Like, hey, the couple must be successful, or what? Are, what kind of topics are you addressing in that book? Yeah. Um, so, so, so in a nutshell, you know, I came to the point that after spending three decades uh, on the floor myself as a competition athlete or as a competition coach, coaching people in groups, um, uh. And, and also more than two decades of working in transformation uh, professionally, I, I, I realized that there's so many parallels. And I also realized that when I worked as a consultant or as a CDO, that I was applying techniques that I learned in my sport. And um, the problem is always, you know, if this is your life, uh, you don't think it's something special. And, and when people came up to me and said, Ben, you have to write that down uh, because we recognize it's different. You're always like, come on, you know, it's <laughs> it just happened to be that way. So there's nothing spectacular about it. Um, but then I, I, I realized that I wanted to write it down actually for my kids saying, okay, this is how daddy was thinking. And, and of course they grew up with dancing as well. And, um, And then I published that book and, and, and it had some keynotes on that. And then I realized how many people actually caught into that kind of thought, you know, uh, and, and we ended up having very authentic conversations because I'm, I'm on that stage and what I actually do is tell my story. Mm -hmm. this, is how, this is how it happened. This is how it feels to be a couple Uh, which is awarded for creating stellar performances. Um, this is how uh, we practice. This is this is what we call floor craft. How we how we work that floor in a competition. This is how we think strategically and see how the parallels uh, are in transformation. 
and 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 uh, the main point is for me to tell people get authentic. Every one of us has this kind of story. Every one of us has done something that uh, uh, has taught him or her to become the leader you are today. And and we need to talk on that level because we uh, we need to come in as the people we are if we want to lead people. Yeah. And and there's. We make such a fuss usually out of our roles and our titles and what we think is called professional uh, instead of, well, my name's Bernd, here I am, who are you? <laughs> and what can we do together and what can we achieve together? Um, and, and I always experienced it as more powerful. And well, basically, this is what my book is about. It's a piece of my personal story. It's about inviting people to... Uh, Take a look into the mostly hidden world of professional dancing, also sharing some anecdotes on my professional history and inviting them to take a different uh, view, to look at things from a different angle. And, and the angle is uh, authenticity. And, and uh, what, I, to, what to, matters to me a lot is in dancing, it's all about putting two people together who need to be excellent soloists, but need to become a couple that shows something that goes beyond any solo experience. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we do a sport which cannot be measured. We don't have a length or a time or whatever. So everything that we get judged by people from their feeling, from what we achieve in them, if they, if they are touched by our experience. And I think this is very much the same if we get into business. We have this set of perfect soloists and we need to create something which is bigger than the solo experience. And most of the time we get judged uh, by people for the emotions we create inside yep. of them. And, uh, and I love that analogy and I love to talk about it and I see people are enjoying it and that's the fun for me. <laughs> They do, they do. And I think you mentioned two very important points. It's about different perspectives on the one hand, and it's about, yeah, bringing people together. And at the end, and I always tell this uh, to, the, the, to my customers and to my colleagues internal as well, um, even in a digitized world, we are doing business with people. It's, it's still a people's world. It's a people's business. So you can digitize everything, but at the end of the day, you are talking with people and you are doing business with people. And that's why, um, yeah, stay authentic, stay yourself. And yeah, sometimes people like that. Sometimes you also find, from my point of view, you find people who disagree with some, some topics, but yeah, at the end of the day, you are authentic and that's the most important thing then. And <laughs> by the way, you posted some something on LinkedIn some, some days ago, I guess, uh, where you had the exact same challenges what we are sometimes seeing in business. Um, you, you posted a story about your book where the people say, hey, Bernd, you cannot write a book in the pandemic because whatever, and you cannot write it after the pandemic because then everyone had read books or had written a book and so on. And from my point of view, this is exactly the same situation we are seeing at customers uh, sometimes. You cannot start an innovation or transformation project now because, and then you will hear lots of arguments and, and, and things why now it's not the right time because yeah, you have to focus on a big transformation project or whatever. And what's your thought on this? How can you 
tackle that challenge or how can you tackle these um, these thoughts or this mindset that it's never the right time for doing something. So at the end, it means you stay where you are. That's also not the idea behind. Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, in that post, I was referring to my personal experience and I was really funny, you know, in, in, in uh, looking at it from today's view, how many people actually told me not now, not this, not now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and, 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 and finally, it all turned out in, into uh, uh, the result would have been simply not doing it um, because there was also no um, recommendation on when doing it <laughs> and, and, and how doing it. And, and to me, it was like many people are frightened of what other people could say about uh, what they do. And uh, of course, you know, uh, you are a man yourself and you all know how men are usually uh, talking about dancing. You know, it's a mo mostly a topic that, that men make fun stuff out of. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, when I said, okay, I want to write a book about my dancing history and how it refers to digital transformation, everybody was like, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? And, and I even had uh, discussions with uh, publishing companies saying, okay, we, uh, if you would write a book about agile project management, we would do it right away, but dancing? <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, come on. If I write the uh, uh, version 1000 or 2000 of agile exactly. project management book, what is, what is the added value of that? Yeah. And, and, and I, I also looked at it and said, okay, what well, they are playing safe. They, they are they are they only do the things that they think are safe and uh, and that was the point where I said okay uh, I also had some some weeks uh, uh, time off and I said okay now, now I'm gonna do it and now I've got the time to do it and I'll write it down and and first and foremost I'm writing it for myself and I'm writing it for my kids and uh, I don't have the expectation to be the second Dan Brown uh, uh, so we will see uh, uh, how many people will react to that. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it turned out to be a wonderful journey because while writing a book, most of the time you are learning a lot again about yourself uh, and, and about your, it was really like a journey down history road um, and, and, and memory lane, <laughs> history road and memory lane. And um, yeah, and that was amazing. And at the end of the day, uh, it's the same in business, like you say. There's never the right point in time mm -hmm. uh, for starting a new endeavor. And and uh, I don't want to argue against priorities, especially if you're if you are in a tough situation and budget is low. Of course, you have to work with priorities. But like you said, if I always argue that there's no time to do something completely new, um, then you will always remain and uh, uh, the person you are or the company you are, mm. you will always stay in that position. And again, as a, as a competitive sportsman, nothing is as old as your success of yesterday. And, oh, and, I like that. Yeah. and, and, and uh, you need 
to try out new things because this is this is what finally brings you forward and this is the basis for your success of tomorrow and therefore you need to spare time for that and you need to spare a little arena where you can try out these new things where you don't actually know what the outcome will be uh, because exploring is key to uh, keeping your creativity alive and and even Eventually, your endeavor will not turn out successful. But what you did while trying, trying it out is feeding your creativity, feeding your curiosity. And this, again, will also help you in your classic endeavors, uh, in transforming them. So it's, it's never for nothing. Uh, it's always worth it. And, uh, and that was the reason why I finally wrote down that book and, and why I'm now attending uh, the big tech summits and talk about dancing finally <laughs> and so it went it went well at the end of the day and but we said at the beginning um, if your muscles don't ache it wasn't transformation did you had while writing the book or while doing a project did you had sometimes or did you have the point where you said why am i doing that i want to quit now so did your muscles ache as well during writing that book Again, I can say if you don't reach that point that, that after a practice or next morning, you don't wake up with that sentence in your mind, why am I doing that? <laughs> uh, uh, then again, uh, you know that your practice last, uh, yesterday was good enough. <laughs> um, and yes, of course, I mean, everybody who has written a book knows that Uh, you are working with that stuff for months and, and, and day in, day out. And, and you, are, you are fighting with sentences. You are fighting with uh, uh, the sequence. And um, there's lots of moments where you say, okay, um, was that really a good idea? Mm -hmm. You are very often uh, uh, in that situation where you look into the mirror and said, okay, didn't you... Uh, think too much of yourself um, where you actually think you are smaller uh, than what you want to achieve. Uh, and, and that's the point of resilience, I think, then to say, okay, come on, uh, let's give it a next try. Uh, eventually give it a one-day break and then, uh, okay. uh, and then get up again. Yeah. And, it's, and it's the same in business. We all know the projects where we don't achieve a milestone, where we don't realize a goal life, where we have suddenly a stakeholder uh, uh, saying, okay, uh, I'm out. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's the moment where you, where you have to say, okay, um, first of all, is it worth the fight? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and if it's worth the fight, uh, go up again tomorrow morning. Uh, see you at five in the morning uh, with your running shoes. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, and, 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 and everybody who tells you, oh, no, I never had this moment. Everything went smoothly from the beginning. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Simply, uh, uh, that's not the way to, to, to achieve uh, something that hasn't been done before. Yeah. Simply yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's again, it's all about expectations. So when you expect that something is going, going not as well as you might imagine it. So yeah, 
you are prepared for that moment and you know, okay, so let's take the time off or a day off and then continue and, and walk back. So we do that usually also in the projects when we say, okay, hey, let's let's start that MVP approach and do that a big project. So always have the point where you can reflect, is it the right way you are going to and so on. And um, I think that's a, a good a good perspective and a good way to go in, in the new age currently. I think I think also it's important if we talk to new talent. Uh, you know, there's currently so many young talents coming into the digital space, and they are every every one of them is enthusiastic and smart and talented, and um, of course, uh, being in the position that I hire these people and train them and develop them, that I think that's also the point. You know. Um, And in digital, we do a lot of exciting stuff. It's like in dancing, we have lots of great music and we have lots of great stages. The first thing you do on your very first day is learn how to make a first step and do it perfectly. It's all, and then it's about repeating this step for mm -hmm. 100,000 times. <laughs> and uh, again, I think it's about being honest with the talent. If, if your talent is great, If you bring in talent, that's awesome. But what makes a champion is the work. Yeah. And, uh, and you need to be uh, the best worker in the room uh, if you want to become a world champion one day. And there's no way around that. And, and being honest, with, also with the talent people, uh, it's all about the basics. If you need to be the best project manager, you need to write the best agenda, you need to write the best protocol, you need to be, write the best time plan, uh, you need to be the most uh, 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 reliable partner for your state, stakeholders. And, and I think nothing builds more trust than showing this kind of performance. And you need this trust at the moment where you say, okay, I want to do a completely new choreography, which nobody has seen before. Mm -hmm. They need to trust you. And, and if they've seen you being the best worker in the room, they eventually go with you that way. And, and if they see that you don't have the ability to do your daily work on a very high level, why should they trust you uh, and jump with you into innovation? Yeah. And I think that's the key learning for the talent out there and the key message. The talent is one thing. Work is what sets you apart. What what do you think? So, do the talents accept that? So, or do they? What are their expectations coming to a company when they hear, okay, now I'm hired as a, I don't know the job title, so I'm now hired as a innovation manager or transformation manager or whatever. So that they digitize everything and im imagine the the Uvex goggles that they are now going into AR or VR and the fancy stuff, or. Is it just back to work? And you, you did something great also, which is from my point of view, a, a new step for your employer when you when you recently launched your web shop because you are selling more or less C parts and you did not have that direct to consumer value chain first. But when I'm now hired by you, for example, and now my expectation is, hey, um, I want to do the next VR thing together with Uvex. And then you say, hey, Timo, but now we are doing first that web shop. What's the reaction of the talent? So when you teach them to learn work first? Well, I think um, 
It's 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 about you know being very clear in expectations when you hire someone, and I'm and and that's usually the first what I call signature experience. Uh, if you have that first conversation with a person, and be very honest about what is expected from that person, but also be very honest about uh, what uh, this person can expect, and. Uh, I, I'm usually very open in that point, say, okay, if you, if you want to do the latest and greatest uh, Google, Facebook, whatever stuff, well, my recommendation would be work for Google and Facebook. Mm. Go out there and ask them if they hire you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I can promise to you is that we are aiming for being... Uh, on the winner's podium for uh, protective gear for people uh, in a workers and a sports environment. What we do is we protect people and we want to be one of the best in protecting mm -hmm. people. If that clicks with you and uh, you're saying, okay, uh, a shop is nothing exciting if you work for Amazon. If you look back on 90 years of B2B, a shop is an exciting journey. And how can we bring protection to people's homes? And this is a long way. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's figure out how fast we can go with it and let's figure out how successful we can make it. I cannot promise to you that it's going to be successful in day one or year one or whatever, but I can promise you the journey will be exciting. And it if was that, exciting, right? If, it, if, it's, if that's for you, I'm happy to have you on, on, on my team. Yeah. And, and what I need on this journey, it's like with the Lord of the Rings, you know, I need the elf, I need the dwarf, I need the sorcerer, <laughs> I need the warrior, whatever, no? Um, Whatever you do, in whatever discipline you are, I need you to be smart. I need, to, I need you to own that uh, uh, job. I need you to work for bringing that ring to the mountain. <laughs> and and uh, I need you to be a part of the team and work together uh, in a small team, which usually starts in an endeavor which seems much larger than the small team. And uh, what I learned in, in all my professional history that there's a certain kind of people who are attracted by these kind of endeavors. And, and, and these people, they, they don't stop and they don't sleep until they found out if that's possible or not. And this is, these are the kind of people that you need. Yeah. And, and uh, looking at that shop, you know, uh, bringing it live in uh, close to 12 months, launching it in Germany, extending your budget, making it a million business within a year, um, well, if that's not exciting, uh, I don't know. And, and uh, nobody, and I think also a few people inside of UVEX would have thought that this, this would be possible. And, and again, this is something that has created a memory, which has created a, a performance that people remember. Yep. And, and say, wow, did you, do you remember the first time we opened that shop and we got live and, and everybody was amazed? And, and this is what also bonds people and, and where people start to look, okay, this was chapter one. Now let's write chapter two. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I think that's uh, 
This is also why talent accepts to work because they see the work is necessary to fulfill that endeavor. Mm. And it's not about, and I think that's the misperception talent sometimes has, it's not about keeping them down or, or, or perceiving them as a low worker or whatever. It's just about being very, very clear, getting up the mountain, blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if we have someone in that team who is not willing to work and just puts him or herself back to, but I'm a talent, <laughs> um, this is mission critical because we have just, we, we launched that shop with six people in 12 months. And imagine just one out of six saying, I have a talent, I'm not here to work. So it's impossible, it's yeah. mission critical. We need six, six people who are committed to work uh, and committed to, to, to sweat. Uh, and, and, uh, and every day is a bit of unexpected and crazy and, and, and you have to do stuff which is definitely not in your role description. Um, and and uh, there's no time to say, well, that's not what I thought I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. That, that's, uh, it's not acceptable for the mission. And if you are into the mission, you're not asking that question. Mm-hmm. And I think that unlocks also the potential from from real talents when you when you see now you have to do something which is not in your role description, but you you get the trust from your leadership team that you are that you are allowed to do that, to try that out, to, to go new path and just to, to check if it works. And um, you mentioned that it bonds people when the project was successful and when you, at the end, you, 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 um, you have the party and, and look at that web shop. And, but I think it's also because I know that from my personal experience, also the, um, when it's not running as smooth as you think and when you fail as a team, it also bonds the team because everyone was sitting in the same boat. And it's also very important from my point of view to accept that that failure is part of that culture and that you cannot always win. Like in, in sports, you sometimes you get second or you get third, but then it's okay. But you got second. It's also a good experience um, how, it, how it is not to be the world champion or not just to win every competition or just to, to win every project or so. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and, and I think you are raising a very important point. I, mean, I mentioned these 100,000 steps and, uh, um, and there's that saying in, in, in dancing, um, don't practice until you get it right. Uh, practice until you can't get it wrong anymore. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And uh, um, that already tells you how often you need to do that step in the wrong way until you get it right. And and you need to accept it. That's part of the journey. That, that's part of learning. Uh, and and uh, even if you are get it right once, it's about getting it right every day. And then getting right again is a different thing to getting it perfect, mm-hmm. and and it's a journey, and and people need to be aware of that. And also, like you say, uh, even if you're doing things perfect, there might be somebody out there who is better than you. And uh, but again, uh, it's you know if you if you haven't practiced for becoming first place. Um, you probably wouldn't even turn out second. 
if you if you've already practiced for oh well i'm just there i'm happy to participate you probably won't even reach the final mm -hmm. uh, so you always need to practice for uh, being ready for first place and then see who else is there on the floor and 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 not being jealous or being uh, well disappointed in a way like i feel misunderstood um it's about looking at that person who turned out first and watch them and learn from them and appreciate them as a competitor because competitors make you better yeah when competitors challenge you competitors force you to work on yourself and 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 also next competition next weekend if you turn out to be first and this other person will turn out second this is when you feel achievement because you've worked on yourself and you've deserved this kind of title um there's no point, you know, in, in titles that get presented to you because they've been easy. And every and everybody knows that, you know, it's like it's like with kids. If you run with kids and you let them win, your kids will the first ones to be disappointed because they realize that, that you let them win. Yeah. They didn't win, actually. And, and uh, yeah, so I think there's no point in winning permanently. There's no point in being disappointed when you lose. It's about taking the best of each of the situation and take it as opportunity to learn and make yourself better. Bernd, um, perfect, perfect closing words from my point of view. So <laughs> I, I could not add anything more. So um, looking at the time a bit, so perfect closing words. Um, thanks for the insights and thanks even for me personally, matching that sports thing. So you mentioned before, everyone does sports. No, I don't do sports. I hate sports, to be honest. And I'm not the dancer, but I promised you that one day we we do one dancing session together. So um, it's it's still so. Hopefully, we can meet in person, and then we do the dancing dancing session. And then, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. So, but um, arguing here in a completely different way now. So I just wanted to thank you um, for for your time for your insights and yeah for for bringing the points together from a professional dancer's perspective to a professional business leader perspective it was really really helpful and um, thank you so much for for being my guest yeah thank you again Timo for having me it was a wonderful conversation and I'm sure one day we'll meet on the dance floor and I choose the music I promise <laughs> okay we do and we do a LinkedIn post then that everyone can participate in, <laughs> in seeing my first failure in dancing but it's okay then <laughs> perfect thank Great. you Timo. Uh, thank you Bernd. <laughs>